Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Do I think I can do more on this team? Probably, but we're already good. Why do I have to? Do? Why do I have to kill myself every night? I just want to contribute. <laughs> I don't. I don't get paid enough to do that. I don't think my body can take it either. To be honest with you. That's Rudy Gay on his role with the Jazz. They are ten and two in games he has played this year. A couple of close losses. A couple of one pointers. They'll have him tonight as the Jazz hosts the Clippers. It's a late game tip-off set for 8 o'clock. It's on ESPN, so our pregame show will start here at 7 o'clock on the Zone Sports Network. For the Jazz, seven straight wins, three days off. Did they pick up right where they left off? Because where they left off was a really good place. They were just crushing people. They got three straight blowout wins after the one-pointer in Cleveland. So can they keep playing to that level? Handle the Clippers tonight, back-to-back Friday and Saturday. They're playing six straight at home. It is all set up. The Clippers... Probably shorthanded. Serge Ibaka is in health and safety protocols. Paul George is listed as questionable for the game with an elbow injury. Nick Batum, questionable with an ankle. And obviously Kawhi Leonard is out for a long stretch of time to open this season. So Jazz and Clippers tonight, 8 o'clock, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Durant crossing over left, bumping with Watanabe, and a fadeaway is good. Elbow jumper, short and good. It hit off the front of the rim, the backboard, and went in for Kevin Durant. CP3 on the dribble drive, stops right block, fadeaway jumper. Oh, net for Chris Paul. We're tied again at 102. Curry down the floor, needs one to tie, takes the three straight on, and he is tied with Ray Allen. For the moment, they share the throne and listen to the crowd here at the Garden. Wiggins comes across, working on Fournier. Up top to Curry. Quick release and splash! There it is! The best shooter the game has ever seen has cemented his legacy. No one has made more threes than Stephen Curry. Steph Curry gets what I think we can refer to as a new record. I mean, obviously it's new because he just said it, but it's a new statistical category. And he's revolutionized the game, taking way more of them, so eventually he was going to get the record. And now he's got it, and we can move on, and he'll put up some massive number, and if teams decide that they should be shooting 63-pointers per night, eventually someone else may get it. But it's Steph's record for now, and the Warriors got the win as well. They go to Madison Square Garden, and they beat the Knicks 105-96. to The Knicks, who uh, looked decent last year, four games under 500 right now, struggling. So, Warriors back with the best record in the NBA, a half game in front of the Suns as they passed that back and forth a couple times over the last week or two. But, Both teams win last night. Not only do the Warriors win in the Garden, but the Suns beat the Blazers, although they needed OT. They still don't have Booker. He was out again, eight, and was back. Chris Paul leading the way. Damian Lillard had 31 points, 10 assists, but it's not enough. The Suns win in overtime, 111-107. Jazz are two and a half games behind the Suns, three back of the Warriors right now. Another overtime game. Nets beat the Raptors. Brooklyn 
Missing a few guys, but they got Kevin Durant. That's the most important guy to have. 34 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. He turns in a triple-double, and the Nets win it in overtime to beat the Raptors 131-129. Brooklyn with the best record in the East. Two and a half games up on the Bulls, two and a half on the Bucks, and three and a half on the Cavs. Speaking of the Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo entering health and safety protocols. A number of high-profile players have been ruled out around the league. James Harden is currently out with the Nets with their outbreak. So didn't matter, though, because they got Kevin Durant. And the Lakers, Taylor Horton Tucker, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk ruled out currently. And, of course, one game postponed last night. The Bulls had a couple games postponed. We'll see if they can go Saturday. It was Bulls and Pistons last night. See if the Bulls can play the Lakers on Saturday night. That's the next game that they might be able to play or maybe the legal kick the can down the road there a little bit too. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Well, Weber State's handled almost everybody this year. They got blown out at Washington State. They're back at home tonight. Wildcats hosting Utah State. We get an in-state game at the D Event Center. The Aggies, 7-3. Coming off a blowout win over New Orleans. Weber State, 9-1. The game tonight is on K-Jazz at 7 o'clock, so you can catch some of that before the Jazz game gets going at 8 o'clock. And it's on ESPN, so it may be 8.15 by the time it tips off. So the Weber State-Utah State game starts at 7.30. Scotty G will have the call here on the zone. Starts at 7, actually. It starts at 7, the pregame at 6.30. Scotty will have the pregame at 6.30, and you can watch it at 7 on K-Jazz. Pistol Pete Maravich, his college letterman jacket, sold for $117,000 at an auction over the weekend. More than 50 years after his record-setting career at LSU. Out there averaging over 40 points a game with no three-point shot. I mean, Steph Curry puts on shows, but how do you average over 40 points a game? In a college game, Yeah, you're averaging over a point a minute. With no three-point shot. And you got no three. Your dad's a coach, and you have the ball in every single possession. That's how that works. And you're also a really, really good player. And yeah, and you're on your way to being a Hall of Famer. Can you imagine what he'd be with social media? That was before college basketball was on TV, really. Well, maybe an occasional game was on TV. Yeah, really. right. Yeah. NCAA tournament games weren't televised. It was uh, it was a different era. Maybe the the Final Four in the title game, but certainly not Sweet Sixteen. That wasn't happening. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I don't want to say that uh, slump, but that's probably fair. It's such a multi-faceted evaluation. But uh, I would say that our offense is definitely away from where we were playing uh, five and six games ago. Is Dak healthy? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. That's Cowboys owner Jerry Jones getting out front, talking about Dak Prescott. Cowboys 9-4, and four, only one game off, the best record in the NFC, which is held by the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cardinals. And yet, there's not nearly as much faith in the Cowboys. They're playing in a weak division. Nobody else has a winning record. And their record did get dinged a little bit, losing when Prescott was out. The back, you assume he's better, but... Deep down, I don't think any of us really expect that much out of in the playoffs. Get there, win a game, even winning two, probably more than we expect right now. NFL dealing with their own COVID-19 outbreak around the league. Eight Cleveland Browns, nine Los Angeles Rams placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. 
And Washington football team owner Dan Snyder back in hot water again after Washington Post story revealed he tried to prevent a woman who accused him of sexual misconduct from speaking with D.C. attorney Beth Wilkinson as part of her investigation into the franchise last year. The Washington Post reported that Wilkinson learned of the 2009 allegations shortly before she began her investigation. It seems with Snyder that as long as he owns the teams, these stories are just going to keep happening. Apparently, in the, the postscript all that, she was given a $1.6 million settlement. These lawyers came to her, I guess, this past year and said, we'll give you more money if you don't talk to this lawyer. I thought that was the whole point of the $1.6 million settlement, is it bought silence forever. Keep quiet. So she knows a lot of stuff, man. Apparently. $1.6 million is a lot of money, and now yeah. they're doubling down. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I think people really say it this way, but let's not make a mistake. I mean, we have free agency in college football, and the kids a lot of times go to where they're going to get paid the most. So no one else is saying that maybe, but, you know, the kids say this is what I'm getting here for NIL, you know, and so what we really have, it is what it is, you know. Free agency has been created in college football, you know. I can go, except you can't lock people into a contract. You know, they can go at any time, so it's a new world that we're in, you know, and sometimes they want to come to you and say, hey, I'm, I get this much money if I go there, so this is just a whole whole new thing to deal with. Lane Kiffin talking about free agency and college football. Sounded like he didn't really want to talk about it, but he had to talk about it. He takes some kind of direct question, or he's a heck of an actor and he desperately wanted to talk about it. But then when he got up there, he pretended like he didn't want to talk about it. talk about this? Mm. <sighs> okay. But he's right. Now you can pay guys. You Any booster, NIL, hey, promote my company, my car dealership, my whatever company on your social media, and here's 20 grand or 40 grand or 60 grand or whatever. And we it is this a daily transfer portal update. Former Indiana starting quarterback Michael Penix Jr. transferring to Washington to play for Kalen DeBoer. The two have a connection going back to coach's time at Indiana as the offensive coordinator in 2019. Florida State has given coach Mike Norville an extra year on his deal with the team after the Seminoles' 5-7 and seven season this year. He originally had a six-year deal when he was hired by Florida State in December of 2019. Getting an extra year. Apparently it's a verbal agreement. I'm like, 5-7 and is going to get you an extra year there, huh? Uh, maybe they've gone through so many coaches they want to slow it down and let somebody get established. And if they have to go through five and sevens, hey, we're not Florida State. We don't win ten games every year and end up in the top four anymore. But Bobby Bowden did that. so Yeah, I know. But after 15 or 20 years, maybe the boosters have sure. made a mental adjustment and stopped screaming at the AD to fire him, whoever him is at that time. Nevada quarterback... Carson Strong announced he'll be foregoing playing in the Wolfpack's bowl game against Western Michigan to prepare for the NFL draft. Let the bowl opt-outs commence. And while we look at a generation of college football players, at least a year leaving, I don't know, a year, a generation, the early signing period for college football begins today. Coaches will have press conferences later today. We'll get you updated on the zone as word comes in. It continues through Friday. So we'll see who's going where. If USC's Hall is going to be as fantastic as everyone's been talking about. Kyle Winningham has a press conference set at 245. It's a little awkward for the Aggies and for the Cougars because they've got bowl games this week, but 
We'll get some word out of them as well. Yak will be on social media tracking everybody all morning long. DJ and PK. That is what is trending. It is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Riley Jensen, college football insider, mental performance coach, is going to join us at 8 o'clock. Rondo Felberg, former BYU athletic director, will be here at 9 o'clock. We'll talk to him about the Big 12, the commitment not just to Kalani Sataki, but a commitment to Kalani and then all across the football program, assistance, recruiting budgets, the whole bit. And the move to the Big 12, and we'll talk with him about that. And, uh, and what Lane Kiffin just talked about, free agency and NIL and college football. Rondo's coming up at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, the question of the day is coming up next. This is Unrivaled. Guys are doing a hell of a job. We have with us Evan Dudley, the UAB beat writer. Anything you feel about the game? Who's going to win it? First thought, I'd probably have to go with BYU. Obviously, they had a great season. Uh, you know, better Pac-12 record than half the Pac-12. They beat the <laughs> Pac-12 champion, you know, head-to-head. But I think BYU uh, probably the better talented, better team. But UAB is also a team that gets the most out of its players. They're going to play physically, and they're going to try to give themselves a chance there in the second half against a really good team. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair is 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text hair to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahairmd.com. Question of the day, what would a win in the Independence Bowl mean for BYU? Wade says, translation, unleash the Ute Trolls. Wade, Wade, Wade. You need some teammates doing a little recon for you, Wade. The trolls are permanently unleashed. They roll the landscape at, at all times. They're just rolling across the, the hills and the valleys. The dales. Whatever is a dale? I don't know what a dale is. It's like the hills and dales. The trolls cannot be contained. They're trolls. They're all over the social media landscape. You trolls, cougar trolls, laker trolls. It's just the world we live in. All right. A dale is an open valley. So there you go. That's the official explanation for you. Live and learn. I didn't have no idea I would figure that out this morning. I only figured it out because you told me. So technically, I didn't figure it out. Martin says it means 11 wins, a 22-3 and record over two seasons, possibly a top 10-12 to finish, a high ranking to start next season, and happier fans. It's a fairly complete list right there, Martin. There are a lot of people who say it's going to mean a top 10 ranking. Okay, you're not going to, once you're ranked this high, you're not going to get that much mojo for uh, beating UAB. So you're going to be dependent on teams losing in front of you. If the, if the ranking is that important, you're at 13. Obviously, if you lose, you won't, you won't get anywhere near the top 10. And it would be cool to say that. There's plenty of people saying, oh, the fourth top 10 ranking in school history. There are a lot of cooler teams that have topped out at 11, 12, or 13 if that's really important to you. 
And if the coaches get to say top 10, then that does sound cool. But they got a lot of cool stuff to say already. Back-to-back double-digit win seasons. Ah, if one's 10 and one's 11, it's not that big a deal. Winning is better than losing, and it's better to say 22-3 and three than 21-4, and four, but is that really going to swing a recruit? I think the hay is pretty much in the barn here. They've had two really good seasons. They've got momentum. They've got a lot of stuff they can say that impresses kids. If they win one more game, well, just keep piling on. You can never have too many wins. If you're offered another win, take it. Christian says, 11 wins and mediocrity. Welcome to Independence Hill. Maybe they can soak in that. Doesn't it feel like Independence is pretty much over? You got the Big 12 to look forward to. And it's so close. There's one more season. One bowl game, one season. We'll be here before you know it. The planning and the plotting has already begun. If we learned anything last Friday, they're all over that. And they've been all over that for a while. Josh says, what would a win in the Independence Bowl mean for BYU? It means they won a crappy bowl game or they lost a crappy bowl game. How many bowl games really excite you? Yeah, we're going to the fill-in-the-blank bowl. You go to the Big 12, you have a chance to go to the Alamo Bowl. I can hear the passion now. Or the Texas Bowl. Or the... How many people can even name all the Big 12 tie-ins? It's all a blur of bowl games. Matters more who you get and if they have their whole team and if their coach has been hired or fired or they have an interim coach. There's a bunch of qualifiers to put on bowl games now. Best thing is you'll have access to the playoffs and you have hope of that. You have hope of the Sugar Bowl and you can pitch that to kids. And most teams won't get anywhere near any of those things. But you can still talk about it. And it sounds good. The best thing about the Big 12 is going to be getting back to rivalries. Now, you're going to be building new rivalries. There's a whole bunch of these teams that they have barely played at all and haven't played since they met them in a bowl game 20, 30, 40 years ago. Kansas, they haven't played since a Hawaii Bowl in the 90s. Oklahoma State, they haven't played since... Uh, a couple of bowl games in the 70s. I think it was a Tangerine and a Fiesta. So you're, you're starting brand new. You've got a couple of games with UCF, but UCF's gotten much better since you played them about a decade ago. Cincinnati's gotten much better since you played them. Taysom, Taysom Hill was quarterbacking when they played those games with Cincinnati. You don't really have a rivalry with Houston, but you played a couple of cool games with them. That, the shootout at Houston is one you can actually remember. Up and down the field, ridiculous number of yards and points in that game. But you got to build on that. But you'll get to. It took a little while to build Boise State into something, but pretty quickly that developed into something good. So who knows who it'll be. Maybe it'll be Baylor building off that uh, the game down in uh, Waco this year. There's nothing like somebody beating you and taking something away from you to make you get fired up to play them the next time. Utah and Colorado are rivals. Nope, they play on rivalry weekend because everybody else has a rival and you two are left, so go play each other. But until you start taking something away from each other, 
What's it going to matter? You do that, that'll add a little juice. What would a win in the Independence Bowl mean for BYU? Andrew, that they won more than 10 games. Thank you for the math, Andrew. Kinzo, that they won 11 games. Brendan says, Kinzo, your comment is incomplete. Let me help. They won 11 games, one more than the Utes, who they beat earlier in the year. Laughing, crying emoji. Well, you'll be one in front of the Utes until they play their bowl game. See how that plays out for them. See if they can take down Ohio State. And if they do that, I don't think they'll care what anybody else does because they will have done that, and that will be a very big deal. And there will be very happy Ute fans leaving the Rose Bowl if that happens because Ohio State has a ton of talent. Brandon says 11-win season, not too bad. A little better than not too bad, Brandon. You're underselling it there at not too bad. How many teams told on August 15th, hey, you're going to win 11 games this year, would be disappointed? Alabama, Ohio State, what? Only got to 11? Because you're counting on playing 14, 15 games and being in the playoff. So 11 means that you lost three or four games. But for most teams, 11, take that sight unseen when the season starts. There's about a dozen teams right now that already are sitting at 11 wins. There just aren't that many. And a lot of them didn't know they were getting there. They hoped they were getting there. They wanted to get there, but did Michigan know they were going to get there? They're sitting on 12-1 and right now. But did they know they were going to beat Ohio State? Did they think they might mess up a game, another game along the way? Michigan State got them right at the end. 11 wins is an awfully big number. Kyle says it means they really did get hosed in their bowl. What bowl were you going to go to that you really, really would have been excited about? Where you wouldn't say, oh, I got hosed in the bowl game. The New Year's Six. <laughs> you weren't going to the New Year's Six. I know, I'm just, but I, I'm just saying. Like, that's... The Power Fives decided like 25 years ago, maybe 30. 25 years ago when BYU when... made the Cotton Bowl in 1996, yeah. Right, but even then the Holiday Bowl had been a big yeah, thing. I know. They... And they played, the, the WAC champion had played some really good teams. There have been highly ranked teams. There have been 9 and 10 win teams in there. I think BYU played Ohio State in the Holiday Bowl. They did. At one point. They played Penn State in the Penn Holiday State, Bowl yeah. at one point. They played a really good Iowa team when Ty Detmer was a senior. Iowa, I think, came in as a 9 win team, maybe a 10 win team. They were really good. There were a bunch of really good teams that went there. The Michigan team they played in 8 4 when they were unbeaten was one of the worst teams ever to go to the Holiday Bowl. The Holiday Bowl usually did way better than six and five. Yeah, but you're right. The the Power Five has... and the Power Five decided Power Five is going to play Power Five. So not only do they take over the yes. Alliance, which is before the BCS, the Bowl Alliance, the BCS, and but now the they decided even when we go to the Holiday Bowl, it's Power Five versus Power Five. We're not playing these guys. So yeah. if you're in the Mountain West, 
you're probably going to a quote-unquote crappy bowl game. I do. The Vegas Bowl was a crappy bowl game, and BYU made it an interesting, exciting. I mean, Vegas has always been a good destination, but Utah State played, I think, Ball State there in like 93 when I was brand new. And I remember watching the game because I was working. I had to have highlights. And it looked like there were 12,000 people at the game. And BYU, they've admitted, BYU saved that bowl Yes. And they got the deal with the Pac-12, so they got UCLA in there. They got Cal in there. Mm -hmm. Marshawn Lynch. Had a great game there. So did Deshaun Jackson in that same game. So, yeah, it gets, it's exciting because there's 40,000 people there. Well, 30,000 of them are BYU fans. I do think... So you make it exciting. Yeah, you make it exciting. I do think if this game... So they're playing in Shreveport, Louisiana, and that, I think, has just got a lot of people's go. I think the biggest thing is if they were playing in the Western United States, whether it's L.A., Vegas, And your Arizona, fan base can drive to the game. Yeah, if it was a drivable right. game, that probably changed the, changes the perception to a degree. Uh, you can dump on Shreveport, and we can dump on Shreveport because we don't live there. And sure, we don't go there. We don't know anybody there. Just like people who never have been here dump on here and, well, dump on places. They went to Miami. Miami's got a pretty good rep, but you're playing in a baseball stadium. Yes. And then in a fight, that was a dumpy bowl game. An and awful, you were in Miami. That was an awful bowl That's game. a major tourist destination. A dumpy bowl game. It's lots of dumpy bowl games. So the question of the morning. What would a win in the Independence Bowl mean for BYU? A little icing on the cake. Let me tell you something here. Why don't you tell me something? I hate it when bathroom breaks go longer than I anticipated. (laughs) Tearing you apart, huh? (laughs) Disaster of a morning. (laughs) This freaking bowl game means everything. What was in that burrito yesterday? Are you kidding? (laughs) That was last night. I missed the overtime. 11 wins? You got to look at BYU and their schedule here as an independent. Yes. They play a slew of what we call random games, right? Lacking the rivalries, not playing the team every year in a conference. And you build up a little something when you play them. Yeah, I don't think you build up much in conference. It's just the conference games. You just haven't built up anything with Oregon State. But it means everything because it's a conference game. So you don't need that meaning behind it. A conference game gives you the meaning. They've built up nothing with Arizona. What they've built up with Arizona is it's another checkoff to winning the South, to winning the conference. Individually, the Arizona schools or whatever schools, they don't mean anything. But the significance of that means something huge. If you're in a race. Well, apparently these bowl games matter, so you're always in a race. Because you're in a race to get a higher bowl game. Are there really higher bowl games? Yeah. At the top, if you get to the New Year's Six. there are higher bowl games. That's a higher bowl game. Whether you consider that or not, it's up to you, but there are higher bowl games. They have a hierarchy, so the word high is right there. You asked, uh, oh, could you even name the Big 12 bowl game? I couldn't even name the Pac-12, let alone the Big 12. But there are higher, because they change. From, from time to time. So the hierarchy, I can name the Bulls, but I don't know the hierarchy. But yeah, that that means something. We went to the Alamo Bowl. We went to Texas. To the kids in Texas, the Alamo Bowl probably means something. Doesn't mean squat to me, but that doesn't matter. It What matters is to the product you can sell. That's in a conference. That's going to come in 14 games. In the meantime... BYU's played a bunch of random games, right? 
Virginia. It's a random game. Georgia Southern. Random, random game. Random game. Yeah. The only that basically Pac-12 and then Boise and Utah State. Everything else is a random game. Tennessee, bigger name, although they haven't been that good relative to their reputation. Yeah, still the SEC. But, but yeah. it's just a random game. Absolutely. Not going to see them again. So that's those games are big, though. Was Baylor a random game this year? Or a hint of the future well, to yeah, come? That, that's a little bit different. It would have been a random game, but it's a little bit different now. Because, wow. You're going to see them every year. And they, got, and they stomped you. They curb stomped you. <laughs> right? Tough guys yelling curb stomping. Well, they did. And that's why talking to folks afterwards, like, hey, guys, this is why we need what we need that happened last Saturday, Ooh, Friday. Baylor, best loss in BYU history. <laughs> because that was part of the deal. Yes, absolutely. And I really talked to guys after that, yeah. and they were concerned about this is what it's going to be like, fellas. We got to have everything in order. We got two years to get ready for this. You want to go to the top of the yeah. Big Twelve? Look, look what they did to look us. Who's in the way? They dominated you. That's how far it is to the top of the Big Twelve. Yeah, precisely. Right. So that is an it's, it's on a. F- but what's that got to do fortune- with the bowl game? I'll tell you what it has to do. I'm with the bowl ready. Game. You sidetracked me, man. It's your fault. <laughs> I did <not> you. <laughs> so, beating Virginia, beating Tennessee, beating Michigan State, so forth and so on. Those are all big deals. They celebrated. The Cougars celebrated. Their fans celebrated. I was there when they beat Michigan State. The Little House. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they call it. You got the big house <laughs> down the road. This is the little house. It's not Michigan that little. State. It's seventy thousand. It's, it's beautiful. Beautiful state. Stadium, beautiful. Yeah. In fact, their uh, their media thing and everything was just top of the line. Great, uh, great. When uh, well, I got a Michigan State sweatshirt on too, and that's where I bought it. Um, my wife's nephew graduated from there, so and he went to the game, and boy, he was depressed. <laughs> <laughs> not, I got not happy to see BYU come rolling <laughs> in with the win. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it's not what I paid for. And so I can recall standing in the end zone. Uh, with uh, Tom Homo at the end of that game, standing next to me, we're chatting it up, and he's beaming. Of course, they won. The fan, by that time, and it always happens, a team that goes on the road and kicks the crap out of the home team, you end up having more fans, or at least more vocal fans, as the game winds down, because the locals go home. You don't have anywhere to go. Best example right? of that ever was Utah, Michigan, after that weather delay. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally empty, except for the U fans. I can remember some B- our Utah guy was all excited that they went down and beat the crap out of the Devils on a Thursday night. Look at this. We've got way more fans. And, yeah, their fans yeah, that happens left. every time. <laughs> Five this minutes is, this left. Is, I've been in this situation a hundred times over the years. Yep. So, anyway, the, the Cougar fans are going nuts, right? Big, big deal. But it was a quarter. It was a Big Ten game. But it was the Michigan State wasn't even good. They didn't have. A, I think they won three or four ball games that year. We didn't know it at yeah. the time because it was early in the oh, year. But they ended up having. It, ended but it was in October. But okay, they ended up having a terrible season. Yeah, but it was a big, big deal, right? So if that was a big deal, but because BYU plays these slew of random games, that's a big deal. Why wouldn't this be a big deal? This is another random game. So if this is a piece of crap, then all those other ones were pieces of crap. But all those other ones weren't pieces of crap. They were celebrated. They were toasted. 
and run around, slap hands with the fans as they lean over the stands, blah, 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 blah. Tom Homo in the end zone next to me, beaming. Yeah, as he should. No problem there. So there's no difference between all of those as an independent. Thankfully, that'll change in in 14 games. But they treated it as if it was a big deal. Well, what's the difference here? There's no difference. This is a random opponent in a random location, just like you've done for a decade. And you celebrated every single one of those. The only one you didn't celebrate was Portland. I thought we weren't speaking of that. That was it. Exactly. <laughs> Everything not, else has been celebrated. So you tell me. The red flare goes up. What? This team's not very blue good. Blue flare, blue flare, blue flare. <laughs> no, it was red because it was bad. Uh, Bronco, he just rolled over and he ain't dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> so there is no difference between those games and the, this game. And if you celebrated those games then logically you would celebrate this game. So get off your freaking high yeah. horse and tell me. I'm speaking There's, to you personally. I'm no, I'm going to get on my high horse right now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is, And then you add 22 games, wins in two years. All the random games you just said, you know, Tennessee, Michigan State, they've got reps. Maybe not a great team that year. Middle Tennessee, then. I can that's, substitute. And that's the thing. And you that, celebrated that? Not really Oh, all bull that crap. Much. They did, too. Not that You're much. not in the locker room. You celebrate all wins. I've seen it with the yes. Utes. You can hear them. They beat Idaho State. They jump, jump up, and, up down. and down. They beat they Weber. Sing. It's all the same. Yes, some mean more, and there's more emotion. No doubt about this it. One, but you still celebrate them. This, you have varying levels of celebration, I'll grant you. And this will be the level of celebration of beating South Florida and Middle Tennessee State. No, and, I think it'll be more. Uh, that's the last game and, of the year. The and last you've time won we won 11 games. You, and, it's, and it is a bowl game. Lavelle Edwards' bowl win. 7-15-1. Apples I, and oranges. I have no idea what those bowl wins were. But I'm not a lifelong cougar. Doesn't matter. Everybody and Kyle. Kyle's eleven and three. Name them all. They beat Indiana. Eleven win. Eleven <laughs> bowl wins. Phillips kicks a game winner. There's like twenty thousand people there. I'm there on the sideline. Place is going nuts. Scally, I'm talking to him afterward. He's beaming. Andy Phillips game winning field goal. He's beaming. So that doesn't mean anything. B.S. Just because something doesn't mean something to you doesn't mean that it doesn't mean something to them. Winning is better than losing, as I said earlier in this segment. Who gives a crap what you think? When you <laughs> come on. It's a snowy day. That's a true story. I see nine, ten slide-offs. You don't think those people right now would like to be in front of their television or in Shreveport celebrating a bowl win? No, they're off on the side of the freeway, meaning it bailed out. Winning Come is on. Winning is better than losing. But the die's been Life cast. is better than dead. Yes. Come on, tell me Others. something I don't know. <laughs> But the Hayes basically in the barn. If they don't win it, they still have a good recruiting pitch. They got a ton of momentum right now. You have more momentum if you win your next game. Whatever it is. Nothing solves everything. Right. Nor is anything the biggest thing. They're all big. That's my point. Beating Middle Tennessee was big for them in the moment. It was another win. It's the same thing. If you celebrated there, then you celebrate here. Same thing. They all add up. 
And that, I think, is the best phrase you've said. They all add up. They'll be 21-4 and or 22-3 and after this game. That's a great recruiting pitch. And coaches will text that number to kids. They will tell that number to kids over the next few months. I got but a couple of guys in my neighborhood, and I'm telling them, look at the Cougars. You only get there by winning games like this consistently. And the reason they've had two great seasons in a row and not three great seasons is a row in, in a tough row. to say. Yeah, it was tough to say. Is if you go back to 2019, they Don't, botched they botched three games about like that. This. You always do that. Bring up the past. Because the, it's all winning about the games future. like this. It's not about that was I know, but the future, but the future's already in good shape because they've got a great wow. recruiting pitch. Okay. If you they've the got future, a great recruiting pitch right now. Whether they win or lose this ball. I don't know if the future's... All I know is they got curb stomped against Baylor. <laughs> How do I know the future is... Good. I can't say that. They can. The Utes had two five and seven teams. You love to recite the past. They had two five and seven teams. Their transition, and they were as equal or better than you, the Cougars at the time. So they struggled. So I, I can't tell you that BYU is not going to struggle. I don't know that. I haven't done deep dives on Big Twelve teams like we'll do. I know all about the Pac twelve. So and that's their struggles didn't surprise me in the least. So I can't say the future is bright or this or that. I can say it if I want to, but I don't know that. That's their pitch right now when they talk to recruits. The truth is the future's going to have everything out there. There's going to be big wins and horrible losses. If you're a sports fan, brace yourself. They're coming at some point. Okay, but what does that have to do with celebrating the Independence Bowl? Celebrate the moment. My gosh, you don't know. I was over a friend's house today. Or, excuse me, not today. Yesterday. A <laughs> golfing buddy. A golfing buddy. Guy that I golf with. 3 a.m. He's now using a walker he can't drive he can't stand up he doesn't know if that'll ever happen and he's in his 60s and he's been a golfing buddy of mine for years and I, he finally got out of the hospital hardcore youth fan can't go to the rose bowl told me how upset he was he wasted over a thousand dollars in season tickets this season because he couldn't go because he was laid up for months in the hospital and he's lost all sorts of weight he looked 15 years older and you're telling me not to celebrate the Independence Bowl? DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. The athletic director at the University of Utah, Mark Harlan. I'm curious what the difference in financial impact a Rose Bowl is as compared to like an Armed Forces Bowl. Here's what I know to be true. It's not extra millions flowing into the athletic department in that way, but it's broader a, a lift to the entire university. That makes it such a special thing. I mean, on January 1, there'll be more people focused in on the brand of Utah, you know, maybe outside of the Final Four years ago um, on that day. And it's hard to put a value number on that, but uh, we're just most excited about all the energy surrounding the University of Utah. I mean, I think, guys, when this thing is said and done, we may have 60,000-plus fans based on some of the data I was looking at. We're going to be unbelievable in our representation of the game, and that's just so exciting. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Stop with the just exclusively Christmas tune. That's not a Christmas tune. If it doesn't mention Christmas, Santa, or Jesus, it's not a Christmas tune. Those are your three requirements. What were my rules again? (laughs) Christmas, Santa, or Jesus? 
There it is. There's your list, people. Yeah. Memorize it. And baby, it's cold outside. I mean, that's just, yeah, it's cold outside. Okay. That could be San Francisco in July. <laughs> <laughs> could be. I went to a game when they were playing at Candlestick Park. I was living in Santa Barbara and uh, drove up. And uh, I think my brother went with me because he was living and working in in the Bay Area for a while. And so we sit, we end up, it's a pretty big crowd. We end up sitting in center field up high, terrible seats. And the wind starts blowing. It was like a 40 mile an hour wind the whole game, right in your face. Heavy jackets bundled up. What were we thinking? Why did we even bother going? Ended up with a sinus infection for a week, man. I just know whatever. <laughs> Freaking pollen just blowing right into my face for an hour. It was miserable. There was, there was nothing about that weather that said, oh, it's baseball season. <laughs> right. Willie would have hit 1,000 if he played in a regular park. Right. Oh, man. All right. We're getting uh, more people weighing in here. And they're all wrong. What would a win in the Independence Bowl mean for BYU? An 11-2 and two season. Dr. Sarcastic YC Cook says. Ron says it means being an independent gets your win in the Independence Bowl. He's very excited by the wordplay. Brett says it doesn't mean much other than they were focused and they got another win. Well, that means everything. What do you mean it doesn't mean more than? <laughs> that's that's the get, whole point. That's how you get most wins. <laughs> you can only have a couple of high water marks. What a dumb bleep comment. What would it mean? And Jeter fan says absolutely nothing. Then all those other things mean absolutely nothing. Then what's the point? Losing to San Diego State for the Utes meant nothing. Losing to BYU meant nothing. Almost nothing, Curtis Harmon, MD, says. A loss, on the other hand, would be devastating. Weird bowl, weird opponent, weird predicament for the Cougars. Why is it so weird? I don't get it. What a bunch of snobs. <laughs> like, we're worthy of some so-called glamour bowl. And if we, don't play, if we don't play in it, man, it really doesn't matter. But yet, beating Middle Tennessee meant something. But in, in last year, beating all those teams... And I thought they only beat those teams because their schedule was soft. That's the only reason why they won. If they would have played anybody, if they would have played one Pac-12 team, they would have lost. Just look at this year. Oops. Bad take. (laughs) All I want is consistency out of my folk. And I'm not getting it. Nope. You're getting emotion. Beating Northern Illinois. That was huge. I saw that you celebrated that game. How's this any different? Mikey, observing uplifting things, says a top 10 finish, perhaps. Possibly. Sure. You mean to tell me that's not a big deal? Get the win. And then you're going to have to catch three teams in front of you. How much help do you get in well, bowl they games? They have to lose. You can't right. Catch they have them. to lose. That's how you will catch them is they will lose. You don't catch them. They lose. If I catch you, that means if you've got 100 yards ahead of me and I end up Tagging you, I've caught you. And make sure that nobody behind you uh, does something you impressive. You can't and make sure anything you. on that. You have zero control. You can't, how do you make sure? You can't make sure that. Man, is this the morning of stupid takes or what? <laughs> I 
I'm starting to wish I called in sick today. <laughs> if only that green light had come on. Come on. I mean, this is just getting out of control here today. I expect more out of our listeners. They're an intelligent group of people, most of them, particularly if you graduate from one institution. <laughs> and you, you will leave it unnamed so that everyone can imagine what yeah, they want. Yeah, it's like you tell your wife, "Why, oh, sweetheart, or you call her honey, honey, I don't have any interest, and say she got like six or seven friends that she socializes with, I don't have any interest, I can't look at your friend's in the slightest degree, romantically, at all, except for one. Oh, jeez. And then you don't tell her which one. Why are you still married? Because <laughs> she loves me. I mean, you, oh, gosh, we're off the air at 10. <laughs> Why am I still married? Let me count thy ways. What do you think the first reason is, guys? Mrs. K, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so so sorry. Believe me, she's not. <laughs> All right, when we come back, Riley Jensen, our college football insider. And normally I would hold the breaking news until after the break, but we're not going to talk NFL with him. Browns, uh, Baker Mayfield tested positive for COVID-19. Prepare to adjust your fantasy football team accordingly. If he gets two negative tests between now and Sunday, he can play. So file him in as well, a definite maybe. And there was Rams guys who f- had false positives and yeah. they're back at practice the day after the game, but they couldn't play the game. Couldn't play in the game. What are Ty- we doing here? Tyler Higby, tight end. Gave me zero points. But not Eleanor team. Rigby. DJ PK, Riley Jensen's coming up next.